The only thing worse than gods are empires. Oh, they can call themselves kingdoms, or authorities, or city-states, but underneath it all lies the same rot. A belief in expansion, cultural colonization, a system that's so good that everybody's gotta get ground under the same boot. Why do people keep falling for it? Empires are never safe, never peaceful, not for long. They promise the best for you, if you'll just go along with it, turn a blind eye to your neighbor's tears. Then two weeks later, they turn right on you. Gods, they've done irreparable damage to this world. But us mortals, we've done evil things to this world. Phoenix Wine, Alchemist Fire in a Crystal Decanter, decanter a Wrath Portioned and Contained. I think Echidna, there was this momentary lapse of judgment by allowing themselves to be distracted by the arrival of the Second Son. And the Empire jumped on that and is preparing to surround and strike the village, or the city-state. I think that moves us into another scene. I think so, too. I could see this being a challenge or a revelation, um, a conversation or an ultimatum, maybe. Maybe a trial or duel. I feel like it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge. Okay, a challenge or a revelation. I'll let you interpret the scene setting. And it is... Trickster crossed by fortune. So, uh, Trickster is quick and clever, bane of the greedy enemy of those in power. And fortune is abundant harvest, a missed opportunity, a hesitation. So, I think... Hmm. <laughs> I think... The second son um, is is fully bound, um, and it's this power that is inherent in him is being siphoned into uh, the Empress at at an incredibly rapid rate, and it is it is destroying her. From the inside out, I think hmm. that that what that the, the 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 fortune and the trickster in this case are both the second son. He is the harvest, and he is the bane of the greedy, the enemy of those in power. Yes, I played the last card, so you should play a card right. or reflect. I'm going to reflect, and I got the grave. 
devastating loss of bone healed wrong. Wow, that's a cool one. Um, I think that now that she is no longer bound to, or is no longer connected to the second son, Mildred is realizing that she was connected to something as she is feeling empty again, lonely again. Um, and I also think that this card here, she has forgotten about this greater empire threat, right? And it is, is on now a personal vendetta almost to, to find and to, to regain this closeness with this being she didn't know existed. Yeah. And so I think I, I just, I picture her kind of stopping in the middle of the street and starting to scratch into like the dusty dirt power words, basically. Um, location words. Okay. Let's see how the world acts. I draw Scholar from the Arbiter's deck. Scrivener, documentarian, insatiably critical and curious, or overwhelmed and underpaid, dispassionate and sleep-deprived. I think Echidna is readying itself for war now that they've been surrounded by... We should really name that empire. Yeah, we Because having an empire and an empress is confusing. What if it was like... Like the holy and like the good and holy, right? <laughs> this overarching empire is actually like they they believe that they are sent on a mission from God. I thought we said people didn't really believe in the gods anymore. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was just that. I was just thinking. But yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The something authority I like. Ooh, the capital authority. Nice. <laughs> That's what I get for Googling good synonyms. <laughs> so yeah, the world is... Uh, Echidna is preparing for war, and I think scholars specifically means people are readying their magic books and their magic scrolls to go out and do damage, because as the Empress channels energy, everyone is empowered, and they could maybe wipe this whole army off the map if this goes well. Absolutely. Oh, be sure to take the grave. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, now I'm going to go. Hmm. What do I want to play here? It's a challenge. I think the next thing that happens is the battle starts. Yeah. And it is a nightmare. Oh, God. I'm playing the card Nightmare. Um. Unlike how Harry Potter would have you think, wizard stools are not pretty things, especially when one side isn't a wizard. The ground opens and swallows battalions whole. Someone sets a book on fire and suddenly it's a dragon. Whoa. That just kind of swoops through and destroys whole legions of soldiers. Uh, we lose a few citizens, but suddenly everyone's magic is coming out way more powerful than we expected. In fact, I think that's what we lose our soldiers to is people casting spells and them coming out far more powerful than anyone planned. So I think the battle's going very well, but 
kind of horrifyingly well. Oh yeah. I am going to I'm going to follow that up with the cursed sword. Um hmm. I think that as the battle continues to progress and the magic becomes more and more effective, um it becomes harder and harder to control. It's uh somebody will cast one spell and it will cast but so will five others. Mhm. The it it's almost as if the air itself is starting to fill with letters and in reaching for one you are no matter how hard you try you bump others and they hit each other and they form words even for a moment and magic just seems to come out of the ether almost yeah i think i'm going to double down on that with volcano I think the Empress at this point is dying. Like, she can tell. She can feel it. But still, she... uh, The second son is basically catatonic from how much he's been sapped and how much his power is being channeled. So he's just kind of sitting back in that room where they first met. But she strides out onto the battlefield and she shouts a word. A word that no one's ever heard before or seen before. But she transcends the writing and brings that power back into spoken language. Wow. And there is a volcanic eruption. Wow. Alright, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep following this path. Um and I'm gonna play the fallen. And so, after this volcanic eruption, what we see before us is scorched earth. There is essentially nothing left. It's the ground is hardened clay. Um studded with with volcanic rock and bones bleached by heat and stripped of whatever is on them. Um, and from that, and, and in addition to that, the Fallen has a would-be martyr with delusions of sainthood a powder keg in want of a spark. And I think the moment that this volcano erupts, the second sun, his eyes open, but behind it is just heat and light. He is like almost a shell filled with flaming energy. I think that's got to be the end of the scene. I, th- I think so. Because I don't want to look at the aftermath of this any closer. No. No, me neither. So we each take a takeaway, and the world gets a takeaway. I'm going to take Trickster. I think I'm going to take Volcano. And I think I want to give the world Cursed Sword. 
I think that makes sense. Because I think I just figured out something big about the world. Oh, yeah? So we there was this group called the Cursed Sword who used magic that was considered taboo. All right. And maybe it's related to what's happening here. Maybe not. I think that's very fair. Our next scene, we should jump ahead in time. So it could really be any of these. Yeah. Uh, how about... Uh, Ooh, a trial. A trial. Sure, sure. Heck yeah. Uh, it is a month later, and the second son has been put on trial. Oh, yeah. People still don't really understand what he is. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a trial. Plague, death, contagious, and slow. Crossed by guillotine. Jesus Christ. A breath held, an axe suspended, a frayed rope pulled taut. Wow. Yep. This is a trial. Um, I think all of the leaders of the world have gathered together. This is kind of like, uh, there's a grand conference that's a couple months later because it took a long time to get put together. Um, the second son is shackled and on trial for, no one's exactly clear what, but cannot be allowed to continue to exist, right? So I think all of the major leaders are there. The, the leader of the, uh, what do we call them? The capital authority is mm-hmm. there. I think... The leader of, I think some people from Echidna did survive, because it was just people out on the front lines who got blown yeah. up. So the new leader there of that group is there. Um, a Duchess of Nightmares is there, because of course she is. The Honor Guard are holding the trial, because they've always been the enforcers of magical authority. Mm-hmm. Mildred has to be there. I think so. Uh, I think there's several other leaders of major, like... Nations and city-states and empires and stuff. Yeah. And there's several other people who do big magic. Yeah. Do we want to make any of those an NPC? Uh, yeah, let's draw a couple NPCs and interpret that them as we wish. All right. Oh, yeah, the Empress is no longer around. No, pretty aggressive. She met not. her fate. She will be remembered. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The Empress of Echidna. Yeah, let's draw two or three NPCs. All right. So that's either four or six cards, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, there's the Prince of Fate crossed by Magician. All right. Deposed and exiled. Titles revoked. Respect rescinded. Hmm. So, yeah. There is a prince here. Who I think is a big magic user. Well, yeah. Clearly. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, we're just getting all the cards... Leviathan crossed by Doctor. Wow. Can we just name that character Dr. Leviathan? Absolutely. Heck yeah, we can. <laughs> and Siren crossed by the sea. Um, I think... No, not all the Duchess of Nightmares are pirates, so I don't think it's her. So yeah, we have someone who's like head of like a seafaring power. We have Dr. Leviathan. Dr. Leviathan. We have the leader formerly known as Prince. <laughs> nah, we can go up with a better name for them. What about, um, what's, the, what's something that connects in with, like, Destiny, almost? Des- Dustin. Prince Dustin? Dustin. <laughs> yeah, Prince Dustin. 
Hey, what's up? I'm Prince Dustin. Prince Dustin the Magical. Prince Dustin never wears sleeves. No, never wears sleeves, always wears flip-flops. I can't get too invested in him. He's a minor character. (laughs) Only for now. So I'm very curious as to what Mildred is doing at this trial. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and engage. And I think Mildred is going to engage with Hearth. And yeah, I think we're going to go with uh, closing doors, turning a blind eye, keeping your head down, and weathering the storm. Um, I think as Mildred hears the testimony that against the second son, she is coming to realize that the second son is the being that she connected to. That Mm -hmm. she, and I think she is realizing that she brought him into this material world and is trying to all at once hide that fact from the honor guard while at the same time attempting to reconnect with the second son, but in a way that is more mutual, not the way, not bind the second son like the Empress did, but almost like create like a, it's funky because it's almost like, like Venom where it's a symbiotic (laughs) relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and so she, she wants to be able to leech power, but at the same time return something. Be able to give the second son some kind of humanity. Yeah. I think the second son responds with a lonely aria. Where all that he asks in return for a sharing of this power is companionship. A ear that will listen. I think this happens silently. And they're probably sitting like 150, 200 feet from each other. Heck yeah. This is communication that happens without words. Absolutely. I'm going to see how Mildred reacts. Mildred got grandmother's ring. An old grudge, a tepid peace, or a new partnership, a steady alliance. Wow. My God. Uh, that fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is Mildred agreeing to that this is a a a union of sorts uh and so mildred is accepting and and willing and ready and now has to try and figure out how to keep the second son from being found guilty all right i drop the arbiter's deck i get gilded lily fashion and flourish high court grandeur as A gift as sweet as it is absurd. So the trial goes on with much flourish. Uh, We've already established what a trial with what an official like high magical trial is. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of steps that all kind of seem strange and perfunctory and uh, grand without having substance. You know, all style, no substance. Even though the point of the trial is to strip away any style. Like, first the accused speaks for themselves, and then the honor guard repeat it in monotone voice and explain any turns of phrase. Like, say, 
make it exactly clear what the person on trial is saying. So that's what's happening in the trial is that it's going on and it's going frustratingly long for all parties involved. I think I'm going to double down on that with uh, the glacier. It's moving so slowly. Creeping. But it is unearthing things. Less about the second sun and more about all the people who are putting on the trial. Hmm. With, with each question that Prince Dustin asks or the Duchess of Nightmares asks, it shows their biases and prejudices towards magic or their desire for magic. Probably more of the latter. Yeah. Hmm. And I think Mildred sees that and notes that. Yes. I think, underhandedly, Dr. Leviathan. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they look like. Oh, this game is dark enough I don't really want to go humorous. That's fair. But I also kind of imagine, like, a whale... In a top hat and monocle. Like Mr. Krabs daughter. Yeah. Uh but no, that that's too goofy for this. When I hear Leviathan, I think of a giant serpent. Ooh, yeah, Dr. Leviathan uh is a snake person. Or two snake people that exist as one person. Cool. Intertwined. Cool. Dr. Leviathan offers uh a deal basically they say um we will pay the price of repatriation and in exchange the second son will of course owe us the debt that way they do not have to pay with their own life we can offer many things worth many lives and the honor guard to them you know they're in a way they're almost purely utilitarian where if the scales are balanced the scales are balanced and so they're going to take that hands down, no questions asked. Yes. All right. If the second son will accept. And the second son sees this offer. And I think, does he take it? I don't know. I don't want him to take it. But. I think Mildred wants him to take it. And that's what it is. Yeah. He's unsure, but Mildred tips the scales and he accepts. Um, what does Dr. Leviathan pay in? I think that's a good question to ask the deck. I think that's a great question to ask the deck. So we'll draw. Overgrowth. A resurgence of life. Nature reclaiming abandoned places. Or, interloping opportunist. A greedy and jealous invader. I think the doctor, who is two, like, human-sized snakes intertwined, brings forth, um... The life of a forest to offer in return. And the thing is, the honor guard respect the life of that forest and see that it is of equal value, more than equal value to the life of a demigod. But the trickery here is, it is not in their power to take that life or to destroy it. That goes against the accords. Yeah. 
so they accept the deal and find themselves cheated. I love it. I'm going to play Trickster for that. Heck yeah. Do you have anything else to play during this scene? What does Mildred do now? I think Mildred... I'm going to play Heatwave. And now that the second son is spared, not free, but spared, at least for the time being, things begin to improve in the life of, in the intertwined lives of Mildred and the second son. Yes. They, they both have companionship now. It's this warm embrace. Yeah. And things are good. Yeah. I think that's the end of the scene. I concur. All right, we each take a card. What do I want? I'm going to take Grandmother's Ring. I think I'm going to take Black Book. And what do we give the world? I think we give the world Trickster. I think so, too. What scene do we do next? What do we have left? We have... A conversation, an ultimatum, a vision, a sabotage, or uh, an invitation. I think we do an invitation, a wager. Okay. Um, Why don't you draw that? So that is Rat King crossed by Adversary. Abandoning a sinking ship, amputating a necrotic limb. Uh, is the Rat King. An adversary is a childhood rival, a worthy opponent, a moving finish line. I think this is perfect. I think Dr. Leviathan has come to collect what they're owed. Mm-hmm. I think they come looking for uh, the second son, but they find Mildred. I think so, too. I think so, too. So I should start by reflecting. Stone soup. Under the veneer of impassive stone is fragile flesh dressed in sand. Yeah, that's about how the second son is feeling. Uh, he just barely got through and he... To be clear, he's not happy about what he's done. He feels terrible about it. Like, he didn't come here to kill a bunch of people. And while that might not have the same weight to him because he is still a demigod... It's still not a good feeling. Yeah. But he's keeping up appearances. I think right now he's not wherever he and Mildred are staying, probably in the accommodations provided by the organization that put together the whole trial. Mm -hmm. He's out at the old misused temple. I like it. And you get to draw for the Arbiter deck. All right. I got a Cursed Sword. Of course you Jeez did. Louise. All right. That's gnarly. I think that in coming up with this new agreement uh, about the control of, amongst other things, what this trial was about was the control and use of magic. Yes. And... What it has done is ignited new and glorious uh, battles that they did not know were there. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think that in, in finding magical peace, they have opened themselves up to the kind of brutality of traditional warfare in a way that they forgot existed. Uh-huh. Because it used to be that a few people who devoted their lives to it were magicians. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's accessible to anyone. Absolutely. And that is causing problems. The cat's out of the bag and we tried to put it back, but you can't put a cat back in a bag. No, not at all. Lofta. All right. Um, so I think Mildred is going to engage with the Dr. Leviathan coming to collect. Um, and mm-hmm. I think she's going to do that with the ferryman's toll. Um, let me see if I which side do I want there. Yeah, it's going to be a, a class divide. An unavoidable cost, a lock with a lost key. Um, I think in this snap decision, um, I think over time, Mildred has developed not romantic love, but a true, like, deep love for the second son and is willing to sacrifice herself to Dr. Leviathan's coming. And the fact that the second son is out when Dr. Leviathan comes a-calling gives her the opportunity to be the ferryman's toll. So is she, like, challenging them physically, or... I don't, I don't think it's... What is she doing? I don't think it's a challenge. I think it's an acceptance. Whatever Dr. Leviathan wants to collect from the second son, Mildred is going to give instead. Okay, so it's a wager. It's a wager. It is absolutely a wager. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to play the second son. The second son asks for guidance. He lets out a prayer at this temple. This is the first time he's tried to communicate back with the realm of the gods since he was forcibly manifested. He knows the gods aren't quite omniscient or omnipresent, but he figures if they're listening to anyone, it should be him. And he just asks for help. And for guidance. And I think I should draw to see what he hears. I think so too. Flood. Brimming reservoirs, high tide, and outpour of riches. Wow. I think he feels himself empowered. Which is kind of the opposite of what he wanted. In a cruel twist, the gods can only barely understand a thing a mortal says. And he's stuck here in mortal form. So when they hear the cry help me they respond with power absolutely absolutely and i think i think the volcano is important here again because as the second son is getting this empowerment from the gods mildred is giving up power and is becoming dormant and cooling and lush and is creating this season of peace. I'm going to play Grandmother's Ring. Mildred's peace is the one thing that keeps the second son from probably literally exploding with power. It's her presence and her forethought that allows him to 
stabilize and realize that maybe this isn't the end of everything. Maybe we can still save the situation. Though, how we do that is a whole other question. Yeah. But also with that card, he senses that she is in danger. I think that might be the end of that scene. Yeah. Uh, so we could go to a conversation or an ultimatum, or a vision, or a sabotage. I think it's the ultimatum. Yeah. Uh, wait, first we get takeaways. Yep. Also, do you think you achieved your desire? My desire was goose down, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you just found peace. I think so, yeah. I think I really uh, kind of aggressively achieved my desire. I do not think that I've achieved mine yet of a change of perspective. That's fair. I think I'm close now, but not quite there. So yeah, you can take Goose Down and then also take a takeaway. So I'm going to take Grandmother's Ring again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to take Cursed Sword. Perfect. And what do we want to give the world? I think the world should have... I think the world should have Second Son. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we put the rest of these cards away. All right, and we reach an ultimatum. Did you or I interpret the last one? Uh, I did. Okay. The unbroken mold. Obscure magic made commonplace by industrial might. Crossed by the fool. Uh, Close-minded and stubborn. Faith born of spite. Or wide-eyed and open-hearted, unfettered by cynicism or context. So I think this is the offer or the ultimatum that Dr. Leviathan is offering. That with our power, we can make this magic commonplace and while it has caused horrible ills for the world, it can also be used for good. They are a doctor after all. It's not like they want to do harm. Right. And they can bring about a great healing. And they can make these wonders commonplace. And that's crossed by the fool because they don't seem to be worried about the consequences. It's it's an overly op- a dangerously optimistic view. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does Mildred respond? I think Mildred responds with the grave. Um, it's closure gained last words spoken it's the end to an era i think mildred agrees that by making magic commonplace it creates an overall better world and by making specifically written magic by giving the rest of the world full and always access to this written language it will gently and slowly remove the magic from it yeah i think alongside that the second son plays tapestry loom um the common thread of a complicated plan he returns and says yes dr leviathan you make a convincing argument for why this should be for the betterment of the world but i ask that you do not take the power from me but channel it through Mildred into the world. I think 
that Mildred is going to respond with grandmother's ring. And it's this partnership. And it's in this in this situation, it's an understanding more than anything. It's an agreement that this is how the world will work moving forward. Because I think I think that channeling this power, it Mildred will. I think Mildred, this is going to cause Mildred to sort of stop existing as a person. Yeah. Mildred is going to become an idea. And she understands and accepts that. And I think that the grandmother's ring is a partnership both between the second son and Mildred and Mildred and the second son and the world. Yes. Uh, I have an idea for how we're going to end this. Yeah. Uh, it would mean moving on to the last scene. Yeah, all right. Unless there's anything else you want to do before we go into the end of this. No, I think I think moving right along is great. Okay, I think I've achieved my desire at this point, because I think the second son has figured out what he wants, and who he is, and what his role in all of this is. Nice. We each get a takeaway. I'm going to take the fool. I'm going to take grandmother's ring again. What does the world get? I think the world gets the grave. Yes. The end of an era. Mm-hmm. So this last scene is a vision or a sabotage. And I'll be honest, I'm planning on a sabotage. All right. That's interesting, because I was thinking vision. Well, we will see how the cards Absolutely. come out. Absolutely. Ooh, bridge. Crossed by poppy flute. Bridge, a choke point, a shortcut, rope and wood haphazardly lashed, and poppy flute. Take command of your audience with a kind word and a catchy tune. That's what we're trying to do, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is us trying to do this big magical thing and make magic, written magic, spoken magic. Magic that doesn't require sacrifice or arcane rituals or following the ancient accords possible. And I'm going to start with, um, it's challenging because I'm going to play fool, close-minded and stubborn, faith born of spite. Many people are not willing to accept this. They've heard the stories of magic. They're not able to do magic. They know that. So they're not willing to accept it into their lives. And that's what's making this hard, is how do we find a way to spread this idea to, like, create this uh, conceptual plague but not plague in a bad way just like like a mimetic spread how do we cause this in a world that still doesn't really believe it's possible i think i'm gonna play black book uh i'm gonna play though the reverse side which is an open secret a manifesto a damning silence at this point the world may not be accepting, but magic is, no matter what, starting to seep into it. And at the same time, become less magical. This idea is, is happening even against the wishes of some people. 
If everything's magic, no exactly. one is. Exactly. It's syndrome all over. <laughs> yeah, I think people are mystified by this. I'll play Dippled's Lens, a misdiagnosis. People are like, oh no, the gods have cursed us. Or, oh no, um, the Duchess of Nightmares is attacking. Or, oh no, what did we do to offend Dr. Leviathan? And no one understands what's happening. And that helps us spread... That helps it spread unchallenged, but also makes the spread slower. Mm-hmm. Or not the spread, but the awakening slower. Uh, just as a reminder, the last card you play in the game is your Atropos. Right. So remember what that is. Double check so I can remember what it is. Oh, that's right. Spitfire. Yes. Wow. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Can I just play it at any time? Um... It will be the last card you play, but yes. Like, I'm very close to ready to play mine. I have maybe one or two more cards to play. I do too. I think I have one more. Um, and then Spitfire is out. I think I'm going to play as my last card, my second to last card, Goose Down. Um, and it's it's that this magic is moving slowly, but so softly and quietly and nigh imperceptibly that eventually people think that it is no longer happening. We have succeeded in magic becoming mundane in that it is so subtle it has succeeded. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Cursed sword. The... The second sun is the source of this power. And that source extends back up the second sun's family line to the gods who made this world, who watch over this world, who will certainly one day destroy this world. And he feels his control, his energy being spread through the world. And he knows that this is the only way to save it, in his mind. He came to the world and saw nothing but pain, destruction, lies, manipulation. In the whole world, he found exactly one good person. And now he's going to have to break his bond with her to save everything else, all the terrible things. But he knows that this is the right thing to do as he cuts off, he cuts off his connection with her. The cord that tied them is cut in two. I think, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play Spitfire. This is, this is it, kids. Mildred feels that connection go and resolves to continue to act as though it hadn't. If you can... If she can continue to at least put out this good energy, the world will continue to become a better and a better place. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit. I think with so Spitfire's pluck and Moxie, Ace Pilot, Tamer of Beasts, and I think Mildred really sees herself as Tamer of Beasts. But the Beast is the world. Yes. And so as the 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 connection is broken 
and time continues to progress. Mildred continues to to attempt to create magic, even though it is no longer there. Hmm. I'm going to play Tin Penny. Small and clearly counterfeit coin, a foolish fondless cheaply gained. Second son did not manage to entirely eradicate magic. He spent several months with Mildred, and so she couldn't have helped but absorb a little bit of his essence, a little bit of his... Um, you see, family among the gods and the demigods is not a biological or, or an inherited thing. It is the blood of the covenant. That's the only sort of family that you have. And I don't know, uh, Mildred was probably closest to a sister to the second son. And the only real family he had here. So she is still a source of some power. He did not entirely succeed. And he watches as people are still able to use magic, but only for parlor tricks. Only someone can snap their fingers and light a candle, but they cannot throw a fireball. Someone can lift their hand and with it lift a book weighing a couple pounds, but they cannot lift a tree trunk. Magic is small and weak and petty and beautiful. And yes, of course, people still find ways to hurt each other with it, but not in the devastation that we saw at Echidna. Magic is now just another thing that you can pick up a book and read a scroll, and for an hour you can understand what your dog is saying. I think petty magic kind of encapsulates everything that we have done this evening. Yes. And then the world's atropos is priestess, which reads, um, a calming presence, a reality grounded, a divine purpose, crackling with power, mired in blood, melancholic and distant. So that was the prediction of what would become of the world. Was it right? Yeah. Yeah, I think reality was grounded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last thing we do is we can each pick any of these cards that face up as an epilogue for our character. I think I'm going to take Priestess for Mildred. Mm-hmm. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Because that is really what she is attempting to do. Mm-hmm. And, hmm. I'm trying to figure out, does the second son stick around in mortal form after this? I don't know. What do you think? I would say probably not. I think... No, here's what it is. Is that the bond he had forged with Mildred was too strong. To simply sever with no consequences. So after this, he finds his form split. Part of his form returns to the heavens with the other gods and is the second son. Another part is now part of Mildred, who is the priestess of this world. And another part remains on the planet with all the memories of what has happened, but none of the powers. He's now just another man. I don't think he ever ages. I think he's mortal, but he doesn't age, because, you know, if you were once part of a god or a demigod, you still get that. Mm -hmm. But he wanders the world as a fool. Heck yeah. <sighs> this is a cool game. It's a good game. 
Okay. And we should also pick a card for the ultimate fate of the world. Is this a shift towards a better future for the world or a worse future? I think a more equal world is a better future. I guess it is kind of an equalizing force. Yeah. It's a dangerous equalizing force, but it's an equalizing force nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe like Poppy yeah. is the fate of our world. Take command of your audience with a catchy word with a kind word and a catchy tune. This world almost went to a very, very, very dark place. I think this world did go to a very, very dark place.